So where are we, Alex? Uh, we're in a theater in the uh, in the Lower East Side um, at the New York City Podfest, uh, and we're about to go on stage. Um, Lisa is going to interview me and Zach Braff. It's good for me to see this is what it really looks like because Alex has mentioned that our mic setup doesn't look exactly correct. But now, now I'm seeing the, what you guys look like when you're walking around. I think you should put on your website a picture of this whole getup. Hello, Startup listeners. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And that tape you heard is me and my producer, Luke, backstage with Zach Braff before we're about to be interviewed on stage by my co-host, Lisa Chow, as part of the NYC PodFest here in New York City. This is the last of our special Alex Inc. episodes. Alex Inc., again, is the network television show that's based on the first season of Startup, starring Zach Braff. And over the last couple of episodes, we've been talking a lot about how Alex Inc. relates to Gimlet and me and Matt and what we think about it and what it means for the business. What we haven't really discussed yet is, wait, how exactly did this happen? How did Zach Braff wind up playing a character with my name on network television? Well, last Sunday, my startup co-host, Lisa Chow, got a chance to interview Zach Braff and me together on stage and ask some of these questions. We decided to record the conversation so we could share it with you, our listeners, and that is what we're doing on today's episode. Coming up, an edited version of the conversation we had on stage. And just before we dive in, I want to mention there is some swearing in this episode, actually more than usual on startup. I don't know what happens. You get in front of a crowd and the F-bombs just start dropping. There's also a discussion about why we even give these language warnings like this on this podcast, and that discussion is actually pretty entertaining. Anyway, you've been warned and primed for both of those things, and now, as they say in the business, it's showtime. Please give a huge round of applause and a to the wonderful Lisa Chow. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? After some brief introductions, in which Lisa mentions Zach's previous roles, most notably as the star on the long-running hit network comedy Scrubs, Lisa dives right in. Um, so I wanted to just, you know, for the audience to know, we obviously, you know, we've talked internally about how this show was made, but I wanted to hear from each side of you. First you, Alex, like how did you launch this podcast, Startup, in 2014, documenting the starting of Gimlet Media, and now it is a TV show, Alex Inc., starring Zach Braff. Right. So how, how, how did this happen? That was the plan all along. Uh, but I don't know very much of the back... We weren't that... I don't know very much of, like, the actual backstory. Um, well, my backstory was that I went to meet with a, a producer named John Davis, who's a very big movie and television producer in Hollywood. And um, he and I were, were, were meeting about a different project, a, a film that we have together. And he said, we just optioned this amazing podcast called Startup. you got to listen to it. We really want to make it into a TV show. We think it's a family, we could be a family TV show because it has elements that could be a family comedy and we want to hear your thoughts. So I listened to it on the way home and I just loved it. I was, I was so intrigued by it. I, I thought Alex was so vulnerable and the, the way that he, uh, that, that in, that the first meeting where he tried to pitch to Chris Saka and, and get money was so awkward and it- It's it, my specialty. <laughs> It just felt so real and genuine. And I'm also someone who really loves the show Shark Tank. So I thought, this feels like if you were to follow one of those families who comes into Shark Tank and, and, and follow them home and watch as they struggle to make their family business. And so I obviously knew we'd have to, to take a lot of artistic license with it to make it something that was a family comedy. But I, I saw like the bones of a, of a great jumping off point. So I attached my name 
and then a, 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 a great comedy writer named Matt Tarsus joined. And then we, we sort of, uh, you make a treatment, you sort of make a pitch for what the first episode, what the pilot would be. And we brought that around to the different networks and, uh, and they almost all wanted it. And uh, we thought ABC was the best home for it because they're, they're really good at family comedy. Wait, and did you have a period in the process when you're doing that where you're like, well, they did this, but I, don't, I still don't think it's going to happen? Or, or at a certain point, like when you attach your... When you got attached, were yeah. you, you were like, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen no, now? No, no, you have no guarantees. I've gone out with other projects where you're confident, you take it around town to, the, to whatever, whatever studios or, or networks are, or, or could be an appropriate home for it, mm -hmm. and you kind of do it all in one week, like you're going out with this product launch, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I've had plenty of times where um, there's no buyers. Not plenty of times, a few times where there's no buyers. Mm -hmm. And in fact, on Deadline Hollywood, which is the sort of industry standard website, you're watching like ABC buys another comedy script. ABC buys another comedy. Oh my God! How many comedy scripts are they buying? <laughs> and so, so then it's just more competition for your script. more and more competition yeah. every day. Yeah. And then you see, then they get to um, okay, we're going to choose yours to make a pilot. So you right. get to make a pilot, but they make maybe twelve pilots. And so when you get that call though, that's an exciting call. That's like, a big call. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 we're gonna we're gonna actually go into production and make the show is a big call. Because it means you're going to have a chance to prove yourself, not just write a script. And why did you stick with a podcasting company? You could have, I mean, he could have. It's funny, Alex asked me the same question. Company. <laughs> I mean, you said it was obscure. It seems obscure, right? It is. It never occurred to me. There's only, there's only, there's now three people who have asked me this question. <laughs> the literal top guy at ABC, <laughs> Alex, and you. Why did you stick with it being a podcast company? Which, and it was never a question in your mind. You were never. It wasn't gonna... because I thought that I, it's so zeitgeisty and interesting, mm -hmm. and I thought you know uh, I, I thought it was part of what was cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, podcasting is still very. I mean, still. I mean, compared to network television, it's just like you're, we're st still hardly anybody knows about us. You know, like compared to like. I'm, it's hard for me to believe that because I, I guess because I only live in New York and L.A. Mm -hmm. um, but it feels like it's. It feels like most people know what a podcast is. I judge yeah. by whether my parents in in uh, Essex County, New Jersey, know what something is. Uh huh. And they they I they think that I think they have a clue what a podcast yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's like what what is the, what is the number now? Is that have we crested fifty percent of podcast recognition? I think by now there's like there's oh you've no, seen really? studies. There's studies now, and it was like sort of like you know like you know it was like twenty five percent early on, and thirty five percent and forty five percent had listened to a podcast in the last month. So I think we're like it's climbing. It's definitely yeah. getting. See, I never yeah. know because of, of where I where I live. Yeah. I never know what people really think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't. Know. You know, when you go test movies, you test them uh, in outside of Los Angeles and in New York, and uh, it, it's astonishing the the things you you see people write on 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 their forms, and you go, "Wow, I never would have known that that would be what someone would think." Well, but, like what? Well, like, well, the, <laughs> well, there's plenty of bizarre ones, but. The real thing, I'll just what I'm what I'm alluding to is cursing because I'm just I'm not I'm not bothered by cursing. I don't really know anyone bothered by cursing. Maybe my maybe my dad, but um, you know I we, I tested one movie and they said and and, and the, you know the part of the questionnaire is did you like the movie? And the person wrote yes. Um, Would you recommend the movie to a friend? The person wrote no. And if you and if you answered yes and then no, why not? And, and, and many people had written the, the amount of cursing mm -hmm. and the amount of cursing in this particular movie in front of children. 
So that's something that would have been like, oh, that's still something people care about? Like adults care about that? Yeah. But they really do. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, not yeah. in lower Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. And, and not in the Hollywood Hills. No, we used to get emails all the time, actually, in season one of Startup. All actually, the time. you give a warning about cursing. I'm, I, I, but, and even on, even on to Alex Inc., I've seen people write uh, to, on my social media feeds like, love the show, uh, totally family appropriate, no cursing, A+. Plus. Right. And I'm always like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you, you, I noticed you give a warning every now and then if there's a curse. Yeah, yeah. we do. We and do. We, well, it was, in the beginning, it was like the bold, you know, it was like the new frontier of podcasting because we... Lisa and I both came from public radio where you had to, you know, we had the FCC rules and so we weren't allowed to curse and stuff. And, and then podcasting came along and you could sort of, maybe we can sneak in a curse word here and there. And then we, and then, but then we got the same things. Like when, like, I, you know, I was dropping f bomb like I was like unbridled when we started, you know, it was just like, holy shit, I can curse all I want. And, uh, and, um, and then people wrote in. And I like imagine people, it's because they're in their complain. cars yeah. with yeah. kids or something. And then we heard like a lot of people are listening with ki- with their kids in the car. Right. And um and if we do curse, we'll give a warning. We try yeah. not to curse that much on startup. I noticed because like, I was listening to the startup yeah. again and you were like, I just want to warn everyone once again, there is a curse. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's around twenty one minutes and thirty four seconds. People appreciate there is a curse coming up. <laughs> Sometimes cool. a warning happens like five seconds though before it ha- before the curse happens. I want to go back to one thing. That. There's a curse <laughs> coming up. Fuck, there it was. <laughs> <laughs> we are now past the curse. <laughs> Once again, yeah. that was a curse. <laughs> so, Alex. Yes. What was it like watching <laughs> yourself? be portrayed on net, network television? Uh, well, it was, much, it was more handsome. Uh, you know, it was, um, it, was, I, it was surreal, I think. Were you the, relieved? Because I, 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 my question, not to improve upon your question, which is a great question. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Were you more nervous uh, while it was being done because it was the unknown, and then what you saw we were doing, did you feel relief, or that's... That's, I guess, what I want to ask. No, I, well, I, I wasn't, I was never that, I mean, to me, it was always just sort of like, I, it was so out of the realm of anything that I would have ever imagined happening that it, it just felt like, this, look at this. This is, this is a crazy thing that's happening. And like, they're making a fucking television show about me. That seems insane. And, uh, and, and it was just sort of like, it just felt very, it felt very much like, um, just exciting and weird, and I didn't, I, I didn't know what to expect, um, and I just didn't. I knew, you know, that it's television, and that it's going to be very much like, you know, made up. Like a lot of, you know, there's, you're going to have, you have to take license. You, I, if I was doing the same, I would do too. You know, there, there's no way to tell the honest truth. That would be a really boring TV show if it was like if you really stuck to the facts on this. Um, but I think there was a lot of people. There were some people at the office who were really nervous, you know, about it because, like, there's like, oh, what if people think that's me? And that never, that never occurred to me. But definitely, m- my wife felt that too. Like, oh, what are are people going to think we really did that? And that's the thing that I didn't really realize. But that's the thing that like can freak can freak somebody. I out. I think that would make me nervous too, because yeah. you're like, okay, that's cool. They're going to take uh, artistic license, but 
then are people going to think that I did that? Right. I didn't, and, I didn't do that. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I, that never occurred to me because I was like, oh, nobody will actually think that I did that. But then, you know, people do though. Like sometimes. Did anyone ask you like, hey, did you ever, because in the first episode we had this chair that kept malfunctioning. Like, do you have a fucked up chair? <laughs> did your wife kill a butterfly? <laughs> did you really drive through a barricade into the airport? Yeah. Did like, you get arrested in Teterboro? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, and, yeah, go ahead. And how did you, I'm just wondering, before the show came out, how did you talk to your kids about the show? Uh, well, so my, kid, my kids are seven and five, so they're a little, they're a little young. And, um, and, well, this is the weird thing. I mean, like, kids now, they're just surrounded by video, everything, and it plays on the TV, and it plays on your computer, and it plays on the phone. And so they don't, I don't think they fully understand that it's like, a big deal. You know what I mean? They're just sort of like, they're just like, you see, they see visual images all the time. Sometimes I'm in them, sometimes I'm not, you know? And so the, the, if I had been on Paw Patrol, like that would have been a big deal. That would Maybe have there's huge. someone who can make that yeah. happen for you. <laughs> yeah. So, so Chris Saka, um, who is a big star in season one of Startup, he plays himself. Yeah. And, you know, this is well-known Silicon Valley investors invested in Twitter and Uber and in our company, Gimlet Media. Um, and Instagram. And Instagram, yeah. yes, yes. Had a, had, a, had a good run there. <laughs> True. Um, and, and I understand that you, and we actually heard from Chris about this because we interviewed Chris, that you gave him a crash course in acting. Well, when Chris finally said yes, it was, it was days before we were going to shoot. We were trying to decide if it should be a celebrity cameo, because he's only going to be in the first episode, and then we'd talk about him. So we were trying to decide, should it be uh, you know, a friend doing a favor, funny actor, or should it be the real guy? And because Chris had been on Shark Tank, we thought, oh, well, he's obviously like, oh, comfortable in front of cameras. Mm -hmm. He's very outspoken. He's very confident. And uh, <laughs> I could have chosen cocky or confident. I went with confident. I was going to say, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, confidence is an understatement. And um, we thought it would be fun to have the real guy. And, he's, and Shark Tank was on ABC, so we just thought it was, it was fun to, to sort of do that. So Chris said yes, and he showed up at my apartment. I live in Union Square, and I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> and we were like shooting the next day, or maybe a day later, and I said, all right, I'm going to give you like, we're, I'm, let's just run the scenes together. Because I didn't know what to expect. There are some people who can, who can fake it with no experience. But some people, when they're, especially if they're playing themselves, can get in their heads and, and get a little stiff. And Chris fell into the latter category. Uh. <laughs> he all of a sudden wasn't this loud, gregarious Shark Tank guy starting fights with Mark Cuban. He was kind of like reciting. It's so talk about meta. So we took we took lines that he had said on the actual. You know, we took so much artistic license with 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 Alex's podcast. But one thing, something that we stayed very close to was what Chris had said to Alex in in, the, in that episode. So he's literally trying to act things he said to Alex, but to me, and being so wooden and stiff about it. So I was like, oh shit. Um, <laughs> How am I going to get him to be himself better <laughs> at my dining room table? And I don't really know him that well, and he's kind of intimidating. And, and uh, He's really intimidating. Yeah, he's very intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt a little, like, small. And I also heard him, you know, dismantle Alex's whole pitch, <laughs> so I was nervous. But to Chris's credit, I will say, 
he actually was quite humble about the whole thing. He said, look, I love learning new things. That's my favorite thing is to like learn something new. I know nothing about Hollywood. I know nothing about acting. So like teach me. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I just sort of like um, gave him a quick TED talk in acting. <laughs> well, I was, was wondering, I was Sorry. wondering, Zach, if you, if Alex were playing himself right. in Alex Inc., how would you coach him through that first awful pitch? Well, that's harder, actually, to be honest, because the Alex character has to play so much. He has to play nervous. He has to play fumbling. He has to play... Um, <laughs> Doesn't sound hard. <laughs> well, to generate it, it might no, no, be hard. I mean, it would be very. It's it's very. What Chris had to do was kind of be the cocky guy who was like, "Look, you're making a fool of yourself." Whereas what I was doing, turning what Alex did into some physical comedy and 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 and, and cranking up the neurotic Jew, if you will, <laughs> cranking it to eleven, <laughs> turning the neurotic Jew to eleven. <laughs> Uh, which is my specialty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you, so, so, Alex, you don't think you could do it again? Oh, no. I, I, that would be really hard for me to do, I think, to act. Because then, I, yeah, it's very easy for me to do <laughs> when, I, when I don't need to do it. Uh, yeah, I really I never, I really never know yeah. until I turn the yeah. camera on someone. Like, yeah. I, I really don't. Because I could say to Alex, come do a cameo. I want you to play, like, a nervous podcaster. And, and he might come in and be, like, be able to do it. Some people can just kind of go, oh, I can improv and play around and be myself. And other people, like, panic. No, I just get, I, I like, get it. It's a, pretty I intimidating, turtle. though, yeah, because it's yeah. not like... I, I was think you'd be good at it, Alex. No, no. Well, I mean, you can try. I'd love to try. Okay. If we get a second season, you're definitely going to count. All right. Coming up after the break, Zach Braff gives me more advice this time on how to be a better boss. And we talk about crying at work. Guess which one of us does it. That's coming up after these words from our sponsors. Welcome back to Startup. I'm Alex Bloomberg. Today, we're broadcasting a conversation between Zach Braff and me on stage at the NYC PodFest last weekend. It was a conversation moderated by my co-host, Lisa Chow. So Zach plays me in the TV show, Alex Inc., which is based on the first season of this podcast where I chronicled the start of this company, Gila Media. And as it turns out, Zach and I actually have things in common beyond the screen, more in common in real life than I actually thought. We both run the show, in his case, sort of literally. Like, in addition to starring in Alex Inc. and directing occasional episodes of the show, he is also the executive producer, which means almost all the decisions around the show flow up to him in some way or another. Everything from what's happening on set to who should play this role to decisions about what to keep in or let go. And, like me, his business partner is named Matt. In Zach's case, his Matt is his co-executive producer and writing partner, Matt Tarsus. And we're going to pick the conversation back up here where Zach had been laying this all out to me and I had a realization. It strikes me, maybe this is a tortured stretch of a metaphor, but like it seems like you were sort of a, 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 the actor, the employee, but now you're sort of the, you're running the show. Like you I am. It's all, it's, all on, well, it's all on myself and Matt's shoulders. Yeah, yeah we, we're, we're partners. In, where we diverge is that where I go to act and direct, yeah. he goes and runs a writer's room of about 12 writers. But you guys are like the CEOs of this Yes, the we're the co-CEOs of the, of the production. Oh my God, let's talk. Can you... <laughs> I didn't, I never, no, I, I never fully understood that. But like, do, do you ever get like just exhausted about making decisions? Yeah. And also uh, 
Uh, but you can't <laughs> ever, you can't, ever <laughs> you can't ever stop. I think that's. Uh, I know. And I think I think one thing I've learned is it's okay to not know. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be like I don't know, and or I don't know now. Can you ask me that in two hours? Let me mm-hmm. stew on it. Or if I know that I have time, can you? I I will say I know you don't need to know that today. Can you ask me that tomorrow morning? How'd you learn that? Um, by by many years trying to have the answer all the time. I think from young folk or people new to doing it, you 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 think, oh, I'm the boss. I'm supposed to know everything. Yeah. Uh, I this is my decision. And then, and also another really good thing is not being surrounded by yes men. I have a, a assistant slash close friend who is the ultimate opposite of a yes man. In fact, I want to strangle him most days because he challenges so much of what I do. But I want him to. And I think that's very important in in everything I've done is having people not afraid to say, yes, but. Are you sure? Because think about this. And at the beginning of my career as a a leader, as a producer or filmmaker uh, uh, boss, I was always trying to, to have the right answer and be the one who knew everything. And as the more I do, the, the less I claim to know. And I'm way more embracing of other people's ideas because they're so often better. And if you let your ego, if I, if I let my ego go about it, I, I can so often make things better by having them run with their idea. Mm-hmm. And do your conflicts fall along certain, do they fall into certain, like Matt and I, when Matt and I fight, it's always some version of something like the same thing. Matt is the co-founder of Gimlet. Well, see, and that's like, a different example. So you're not, not you're talking about your co-founder as opposed yeah. to someone who works for you. So yeah. Matt Tarsus, my, my co-founder, and I, will, 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 we're often on the very same page. We'll, we'll argue about what joke is funny. So when we shoot the show, we'll do like, if there's a joke, a, a punchline to something, we'll shoot maybe five options. So when we, when we have time. So in the edit, I'll choose one I think is funniest, and then I'll come back in the edit room, and he'll have taken it out and put a different one in. So stuff like that oh. we argue about, like which which is funnier. But that's really frustrating. Oh, it's really hard. Yeah. But we're co we're co partners, yeah. so we have to, you know, we have to have a give and take with each other. Yeah. It's very hard. Sometimes we hate each other. <laughs> Do, are you are you guys in therapy like me and Matt are? Are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is good. <laughs> well, yeah. I never heard about people going to therapy with a coworker. That's well, a no. thing. That's such yeah, a New yeah, York yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's. Yeah. We, I don't we think they're doing that in yeah. Kansas. We've recorded. We've recorded their sessions. Really? Um, Wait. So you I go guess. to therapy with your coworker? With my co-founder. Co-founder. Yeah. No, I mean it's called a business coach. An but executive you, uh, is coach. Is there a tissue box on the on the coffee table? Yes. Oh yes. Oh, yes. Then, it, then, then it's therapy. <laughs> oh yes, there are tears, regularly. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, yeah. I always look when I go to the therapist's office where the box of tissues is <laughs> and how close it is to my reach in case I need it. <laughs> um, no, we we had an investor early on who who said we advise all our all our portfolio companies when they have a when they have co-founders to get a, an executive coach almost immediately before you even have employees or whatever. Just get a that's, get a coach. That's great. And it's oh, it was like one of the best pieces of advice. I mean, have you ever? I'm gonna ask a. Do you ever? Do you and Matt ever? <laughs> have you and Matt ever gotten in a fight where either one of you has cried? No. I have had people um, I work with cry. I would imagine that happens a lot. On. Um, yes, not a lot. Right. But um, it happens a lot at Gimlet. So I was just <laughs> <laughs> people cry a lot at Gimlet. Yeah, people cry yeah. a lot. Yeah. 
Well, actually, I don't know. Does it happen as much in the first year? No, it, it doesn't happen as much now. But like, no, people. I think are people still, are very sensitive. They're working long hours. They've yeah. got so much of themselves in in it. They're yeah. fully invested. Yeah. And yeah, I think people can get emotional uh, at times. Yeah. But as a boss, you never really want any of your employees crying. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You might want to write that down. Okay. <laughs> We're all like conflict avoiders who then go and cry. And then we cry. My advice to you, Alex, is to really avoid having your employees cry. <laughs> I just wanted to ask, so, I mean... Talking about, you know, you were executive producing. What is the hardest thing about being kind of the one in charge? Um, that you, you? Get, uh, you get all the blame and all the glory. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it's a, it's a, if it's a resounding success, you're, you get lifted up like the quarterback of the high school football team. And uh, if it's a giant failure, it's, uh, there's no one else, it's no one else's fault. I mean, you could say, oh, these are the reasons. I didn't, X, Y, Z didn't, didn't happen, and A, B, C, E. Um, I wish they, I literally meant to just do the X, Y, Z, A, B, C thing, but in this case, A, B, C is A, B, C, so forget that. The element of P happened. But um, you could say, oh, I have all these reasons why I think it didn't work, but, but it's, it's all, it's, it's your responsibility. I think as the head of I a, hate that part of that's it. That's the part of I it. That's, that that's being the it. boss. It's the worst part of the, being the boss. I know, I feel that way all the time because I'm, I always want to be like, but I, what I was trying to do, and like, and it never, it doesn't no matter. No one cares when you no explain one, what you were trying no, to do. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. It's but you have the luxury part. of, uh, you can give things more of a chance to, to, to live and breathe and get found. Yes. How long was it, um, I should know this, but I don't, where, where Startup was on before it really caught on? Um, well, it, it, it Didn't like Ice-T say something about it or something? <laughs> Ice-T, Ice-T did. I was on the Ice-T podcast early on. Um, no, I, I think I, it was also, I mean... Wait, it, I'm not serious, it, right? Didn't Ice-T tweet about it or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I that, was. And I that was, was something that I, got I'm, the ball rolling, right? Uh, well, it was mostly yeah. Icy helped. It was mostly. <laughs> Have you ever thanked Icy? It was mostly this American Life that also had it. Oh, this American Life. Yeah. That's cheating. That was uh, yeah. yeah. So that got a that got a that got us, that got us a little jump start. Okay. Uh, and then I, I, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I want to get to you though in terms of what is the hardest part about being the guy in charge. Um. Uh, well. Uh, I think, I don't, I think, I think firing people is not fun. That was not, that's not fun. Um, and you get to a certain size and you have to do that. That's, that sucks. I think it's what Zach was saying. That was like the, the idea that, uh, ultimately it's all, it's, it's all my responsibility, even though like, I'm not like you, like I'm not doing hardly any of the work but it's like sort of like I'm the one in charge and so everything is is coming to me and that's just like a lot of um it's a lot of responsibility and for me I've had a slightly different journey which is sort of like I was I I sort of like delegated I think a, a, a little too much maybe in the beginning and and I feel like I and it was because I was afraid to make the decisions because what if they're wrong? But I feel like now we've made enough collective wrong decisions that I'm like, well, they're gonna be wrong decisions no matter what. And, uh, and if I feel like I have a better chance of making a right decision than somebody else, then I should, I should make that decision. So, okay, so 
you know, so Alex, you know, he was saying it's, he, it's hard for him to fire people. Um, I, I think that Al Alex, knowing him, you know, there is a, uh, Alex is, you know, he 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 is nice. He's a, this is great dialogue. He's my by boss, the way. so it's. I wish a I could be hard. typing this, this down is right now. The Chris Alex is. How am I? No, go ahead. I know. It's, it's hard to, commenting about your boss. Talk There's about so my many. Worst uh, okay, okay, okay. Count the amount of ellipses yeah, yeah. that are happening. So, I think that Alex is a person who avoids conflict, mm. um, and he is a person who like really. It, you know, is a nice guy and wants to be nice. Yeah. And, and so I'm wondering, how would you advise him? Like you having hired and fired people and, you know. And I can also be very tough on my team. Yeah. Are you a uh, person who avoids conflict? I, I don't avoid, when I'm in boss mode and leading a team, I can be tough. Uh -huh. Okay, so yeah, how would you advise me? <laughs> um, that... Um, that uh, in, you're doing it not as not in a jerky way, but in the spirit of I'm the coach. You can do better than this. I know what you can do. I've seen what you can do, and today you're not doing that. And I really need you to step up because if X Y Z doesn't happen by noon, we're fucked. And and that's not to say later when things when tensions have cooled down, you can't go back and go. Sorry if I was a little curt or or intense with you. I'm just under a lot of pressure, and which I which I often will do. I'll, later in the day, I'll go. Sorry if I snapped at you a little bit. I just I'm un, under a ton of pressure, which I think is good to to do. But, but other times you have to say, hey, we need to talk. You can't do what you're doing. It doesn't work for the team. Right. So I think in that way I'm a tough boss in that I feel like I'm, I'm, we're on the field. We, you know, production is, is, is an insane thing. It's this enormous crew and it's, it, they're all union jobs and, and, and uh, you, you have lots of union rules and we have children that we have limited hours with and we have to do it all under 12 hours and, and make a show in, in, in basically in five 12 hour days, uh, which is very, very hard. Um, so you are kind of like on the field together, and if someone's coming up short, I think it's your job. I don't like directors who are too p passive and and just kind of letting everyone uh, waste their time. So I'm 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 tough in that way. Yeah. Yeah, that is good advice. Okay. Yeah. No. You're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to you. Yeah. No. 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 What well, do you I, think? I do you think that's what I need? Do you think I need more of that? Don't you wish as, do you wish as an employee that there were times where he was sterner with a fellow employee and, and said, look, you need to do this, you need to show up, I need you to do this better, or, or else, in so many words. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that though, it's funny because I think that, we, you know, uh, it's hard to describe, but I think that, I mean, we're probably similar in this way, and so I sympathize with what Alex is, the position you're in. Mm -hmm. I know but, we're but acting I, like you... I, the thing that I hate about myself is probably what you have, which is this conflict avoidance right. issue. And right. It's oh, hard. That's, that's I, amazing. I hate about myself, too. Yeah. <laughs> it must yeah. Be, I would think it would be hard to run a 100-person company and avoid conflict. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, it is. How the hell do you do well, that? That's, that's, what, <laughs> that's yeah. conflict well, nonstop with 100 people. I know. Well, and the conflict comes no matter whether you're avoiding it or not. That's right. the thing. But you can that's delegate. Sort of, like, yeah. there's certain conflict as a boss you get to delegate. Like, yeah. Um, Jim, you have to talk to Tony. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to Tony, but you definitely have to talk to him, and you have to talk to him today. <laughs> like, th yeah. that's good, too. Yeah. That's some good hiding out in the corner office bullshit uh -huh. right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
And that's right around where we wrapped up the conversation for the evening. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you all for listening, and thanks to my co-host Lisa Chow for moderating. That is it for our Alex Inc. episodes. You can catch Alex Inc. Wednesdays on ABC. And keep an eye on the startup feed because we'll be back in just a couple of weeks with a brand new season. We're going to be getting back to our old ways, telling a serialized story over multiple episodes, and we're going to be following one of Silicon Valley's most unlikely power brokers. You definitely will not want to miss that. This episode was produced by Luke Malone. It was edited by Devin Taylor, Sarah Saracen, Molly Messick, and Lisa Chow. Sam Baer mixed the episode. For full music credits, visit our website. Special thanks to Jeremy Ween, Lee Becker, Eric Striffler, Sam Pop, and everyone at NYC PodFest and Abrams Art Center. To subscribe to Startup, go to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use, or check out the website, gimletmedia.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Startup. Thank you for listening.